Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, ladies and gents? You are listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo and Nafi here on this November 18th, 2021 edition of the show. Uh, this is an episode right after the Knicks loss. Well, a day after the Knicks loss to the Orlando Magic at home <laughs> for the second time. So clearly, we're both in great moods right now, and uh, we're here to talk about it. But first, let's let's hear how my how my man Nafi's feeling. What's going on, man? You already answered that, brother. We're in great moods, great spirits. I mean, how could you not be? You seen the numbers, Miles McBride? You, you seen his like his numbers at Westchester, bro? Do, Deuce? Come on now. That boy killed it. But um, <laughs> We talking about Westchester? <laughs> yes, that's what the people obviously came here to hear his chat about. Nah, but um, bro, the fucking Orlando Magic. They have four wins this season. Two of them are, are, are over us. Like... I mean, that sums it up right there. I'll throw it back to you, bro. I, you talk about, like, you know, this is, like, a, right after the game. This is, we had 24 hours to cope. We, it was, like, the full cycle of coping. You know what I mean? Wake up depressed, mostly spend the whole day depressed about it, and then kind of, you know, get off the ledge. But we're here now to talk about it because last night we probably, I probably would have been just out here doing, like, an alphabetical list of curse words. But, um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, how you doing, bro? <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's been a little over 24 hours since the Knicks lost again. Now, let me ask, let me throw you a quick question, because there might be some people listening to us right now who don't understand why this loss is that bad for us. I, obviously, we got a good portion of listeners being diehard Knicks fans, and they understand it. But let's 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 talk a little bit to the, the new Knicks fans or the ones who are interested in, in the Knicks and just listening to us here right now. Why is this game... The 15th game of the season with so many more left to go. Why Why is this one hit hard right now? What would you say? <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, I, You're excused. I mean, I pretty much, yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, that pretty much sums up my feelings. I mean, just cough with a slight puke in it. Nah, um, I don't know, bro. I just, I don't want to say it was like a gigantic moment because I just kind of alluded to it previously, like a, came off the ledge a little bit. It was just annoying as hell. I mean, that's part of being a fan. There's the logic to it where you say it's 15 games in the season, or into the season, not even a quarter of the way through the season. It's still early. We have two major pieces that just joined the team, right? We got Kemba and Evan Fournier. Those are the two pieces we're integrating. We got Mitch basically coming back, trying to be himself again while also transitioning into his new body. A lot of these factors that like you look at it objectively and logically and be like okay we're what eight and seven this time last year we were seven and eight um last year we were happy (laughs) it's just all about context so i guess to newer knicks fans which i mean i dig it obviously knicks fans are always welcome but that bandwagon shit bro like come on now like they don't got the same wounds like that we do you know what i mean but um i don't know it's like like 
as a fan, it would just fucking suck, bro. Because one, Orlando was ass. And two, it was the second time they beat us. And three, it's just... Our expectations were so fucking high, bro. Just go back to our own preseason episodes. So I guess that's why if you're kind of a newish Knicks fan and new on the scene, that's basically why. You know what I mean? You come in after a long period of mediocrity and in this two-year time frame, we suddenly are a surprise Cinderella story last year and now we're coming into a year where we have raised expectations. We got confidence for, you know, sticking our chests out and shit. That's why this, this loss sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, at least that's it, my take. <laughs> no, it, exactly. Basically, we had we came in with expectations. We were so fucking spoiled after last season with the way the Knicks were playing and the identity that the team had as a hard-nosed defensive team that any and every team should fear when they come to MSG has kind of you know gone lopsided right now, uh, especially when these fucking lame-ass teams like Orlando comes to New York and beats the Knicks at home again. Uh, uh, twice in, in what a month six weeks I don't know and the guys that you came you know that were brought in with expectations are not performing to the way that they're expected to you got you got Kemba Walker last seven games that the Knicks have played in is averaging nine points per game averaging 22 percent from the three you got Fournier yeah. who after a hot start and we all thought this guy was gonna be you know in the running for I don't know I running for MVP. I don't want to say all star. I was I was this close to saying all star. I have no idea why I would say that, but at least much better like than 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 Reggie Bullock because he was able to dribble, pass, and take the same kinds of shots as Reggie was. This man is pump faking his way straight to the bench, and he hasn't played a fourth quarter minute in game in many games, and he's only played five minutes in the last seven games combined. Kemba has only played ten minutes in the fourth quarter in the last seven games. Fournier is not able to shoot for some reason. This guy's not feeling himself. I, I, I don't even know what's going on with him. But whenever he's whenever he's in the game, he's not getting the touches I think he should be getting. Uh, there's there's a point last night, I think it was the third quarter, when uh, Randall was, was bricking everything. He and RJ just held the ball each time, passing it to one another, trying to do a two-man game, and they kept bricking it. But you see Fournier open for a potential three-point shot. I don't know why he's not getting the ball. Um, but right now, just, the team just feels like a mess. I don't want to sound like I'm overreacting. I hope, you know, I might, I hope I'm let overreacting. Let it all out, bro. Just, let, just but, let it all out, bro. Doug, like, Fournier doesn't seem to have that quick trigger that Reggie Bullock had, and maybe that's something that Randall needed, and that, in turn, is a reason why Randall is struggling. And he's, he, it, this, the struggle for everything that's going on so far, mind you, the Knicks are still winning. They still have a winning record right now. We hope that continues. But the struggle that we're seeing in the Knicks Oh, man, I'm really fumbling my words here. The struggle that we're seeing the Knicks portray in these games start off with Randall and his lack of intensity. And lack of intensity and lack of, you know, consistency as well. When you see him play defense, he's not boxing out, right? He's not closing out. He's fucking up on the switches. And we all heard it so many times last season that the reason that the Knicks were playing well is because it started off with Randall and he was being the model player and model superstar of the team and they all followed suit and he's not doing that right now. Like, why is he shooting 10 out of his 11 shots from the three-point line last night? Why is he only shooting... How many free throws did he shoot last night? I don't have it on me. I think he shot maybe one or two free throws last night. He's the biggest guy on the court for the Knicks physically. Like, he's a specimen and he's only shooting one to two free throws and he's just not... and. 
you know, in other games in the last seven, he tries to impose his will and go ISO and that flop. Like, he's just, he's not finding that rhythm and flow that he needs that we saw in all 72 games last season. And it's it's really putting a number to the rest of the team. There's no reason why the bench should be outperforming the starters right now. But let's let's get back to you. Randall, real quick. Well, what, what are your two cents on Julius Randall right now? No, I was about to ask you, do you, I'm about to bring back the old big bad narrative of the summer that we was trying to fight off from all outsiders, the whole Julius had a fluke season in a COVID year narrative, the whole empty arena narrative that uh, kind of was a dark cloud over a magical year he had. I was, that was going to be my question to you, bro. Like, do you, are you buying into it, like the legitimacy of that? Because... They were jokes, but now the jokes don't look too funny, bro. It's full arenas every night now, and that money mid-range shot that uh, looked so sweet last year, looked wet. It was just consistent, but also kind of made you think, like, is this, this doesn't seem sustainable, but, like, you know what I mean? It didn't become an issue up until the playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, are we seeing the return of 2019, Randall, in terms of, like, that level of, like, shot-making? Because... That was a big change he did last year, you know what I mean? Like, becoming more of a a perimeter-oriented playmaking four as opposed to a finisher. Now it's like, if that jumper ain't legit, is he, like, is he legit? But nah, like, just back to the question. Is this I'm, is this a mirage? Or was I it mean, a mirage? That, that line of thinking that I want to say both of us had where we felt that Randall was able was was going to be able to carry over that level of performance over to this season. I think it's starting to see some cracks. I mean, just from the numbers, he has minus 68 in the last five games. That's the worst in the Knicks. He's the Knicks' best mm. player, right? But he's he has the worst plus minus on the team from the last five games. That's unacceptable, you know. I I want to hope that He'll put it together. I mean, he is, you know, he just has a newborn. It's fine. But, I mean, that's, like, we're, we're at this point, we're throwing <clears throat> excuses. We're finding reasons to say why he's not performing at that level that he should be. But at the end of the day, he wants to be the best player on the team. He was known and is known to be the leader. He has to step the fuck up right now. The minus 68 for, that's a that's for a that guy is, is unacceptable. Chucking threes all game. Granted, he, he, he made the most threes, and he... I think he made more threes than you know most of the players from last night, maybe outside of Burks. Like, yeah, it's great that he's making his three point shots, but there's absolutely no reason why this guy is shooting most of his three most of his shots from the three point line. Like, he's it, 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 he seems lackadaisical. He seems like he's lacking intensity. And the Knicks' identity last season was defense, and at no point in the last five to seven games have I felt that defense was a priority for this team. And I'm some I'm, spurts of it in Indiana game when, that, when Taj that, was there. When Taj yeah, was there, yeah. you'd see it for you see it very momentarily. And I'm shocked that you know that we're seeing that from a Tom Thibodeau team. So again, starting off with Randall to answer your question, I am starting to see some cracks in that line of thinking. I'm not gonna say that it's it was a mirage last season. I'm not gonna say it was a fluke season, but I can entirely say that he definitely won't go back to how he, he played two seasons ago. He seems to be a guy who doesn't know his place on the team right now. Yeah, I think that's it, it's just a whole kind of the whole narrative or not narrative, but just the whole idea that it's too early. I kind of lean on that because I'm trying to, get, like I said, I'm trying to get off the ledge 
and just stop stop thinking emotionally because this is what happens when you you know root for a loser as team for a minute and they finally become you know halfway decent or even decent top four seed in the east that's we deserve the respect we got so beyond that I do want to say in terms of basketball terms though just Kemba and Fournier underperforming like Fournier is having like the least efficient season of his career um he's he's missing open shots that's the thing and this is like a point that I think gets overlooked as well I feel like with with Julius kind of trying to find his place in this new offense with yeah we we have obviously increased talent with Peyton and Fournier but beyond that when he's passing it out, kicking it out to these guys, at least with Fournier's sake, you talked about the pump fake earlier. He's pump faking because he kept missing these wide open looks for a minute. It's literally infuriating the looks he was the good ass, perfectly set up, just dimes from either, you know, any of the playmakers on the court. Fournier was missing them. Just his shootings fell off and it led led to like him being tentative as shit out there. And he's just basically playing in his own head now and you want to talk about just integrating new pieces and you want to talk about the defense, that's that's going to kind of go into my next question. The second unit is playing to a level where if our second unit played all 48 minutes, our defense would be significantly better. How drastic of a lineup change do you think we need right now? Or do we need one period? Or do you want to ride it out with this starting lineup? I want to say we 100% need at least somewhat of a lineup change, whether it's minimal or, you know, whatever tips sees fit. I don't think we're going to see Randall obviously get swap for top, and that's, that's, that's never going to happen. R.J. Barry is going to stay in the starting lineup. Mitchell Robinson is going to stay in the starting lineup. The only potential change I see is maybe Kemba for IQ or D Rose. I don't think that's going to happen because the bench is outperforming every bench they play against. Honestly, I think the most realistic switch is going to be Fournier for Burks and let Fournier ride with the ride with the bench mm-hmm. and and try to, you know, keep up with their energy level and and move at their pace cuz I haven't really seen much transition game for the last couple of games with the Knicks. Honestly, I think uh, you know, Burks is a veteran player who's capable of filling in multiple hats and playing the two or even the three uh, will, you know, won't be such a difficult fit. I think if he needs to be a spot-up shooter for, for Randall, he'll do it. If he needs to be a scorer, he'll do it. If he needs to be a point guard, he'll do it. Um, Burks is a great player to have on the team. He's not perfect by, by any means, but, you know, he's the reason why the Knicks didn't lose by 20 points last night, you know. So... I think if, if there were to be any change, that's probably going to be the most realistic uh, switch. Now, I'm going to throw it back to you. Do you expect the same? And if, in any case, whether or not you believe Tibbs will do it, do you see a better potential switch between the, the, the starting lineup and the bench? No, I'm with you on that. I was, I was thinking I'd probably just switch out Kemba and Rose just because I'm also looking at it like, for lack of a better term, politically. Fournier was the big ticket free agent signing. I think just in terms of like both his own ego and the front office's own ego. I don't not to say that I know if Leon and Wes are, you know, dudes that kind of care that much about perception, but he's a big ticket free agent. I can't see them benching him this early on in the season. I'll be pleasantly surprised if they did. I actually love to see it just because 
I mean, you had dudes in that same similar salary range over the last couple of years that became like, you know, key contributors to their teams once they did get moved to the bench. Like Gallo last year on the Hawks. I think even Bogdanovich for a little bit, he was coming off the bench. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, for, who is for, Evan Fournier anyway? You know what I mean? Like, he may be cool with Scott Perry and he, he's, I don't know, he speaks French. He's that's, benched that's in probably the fourth. dope. He's benching the fourth quarter already. I don't know if there's much more. Uh... There you go. He's, you know what? Let's make him our fucking Carlos Boozer. We got Tibbs. There you go. It's like mm-hmm. same cast of characters. We doing like a fucking rehash. We, it's like Hollywood, bro. Just we remaking the same <laughs> recipe. We got D-Rose. We got Taj. We got Tibbs. And now we got the overpriced veteran that kind of stinks on defense and is underperforming offensively. Instead of Carlos Boozer, we got him Fournier. Mm. The mm. male pot pattern baldness like connector is there as well both have really respectable beards there you go you know what i mean it's just like it's a wing player now as opposed to a big man it all works out send it uh, bench his it. ass in the fourth you know what i mean um and that's happening anyway now so at this point just make it official just yeah fuck it put put burks in the starting lineup and when he's off he's off he looks bad but at the end of the day i just feel like just given the fact that there is that continuity factor where he's already played with julius last year and he's been playing with, uh, you know, RJ and Mitch as well. Just put him in the starting starting lineup. I feel like there you go. Not only Don't that, he's cl- the... he's closing out games too. So it's, yeah, exactly. It's not Tips a... trust him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's mad solid overall because it's like it's not like he's a world beater as a defender or like he's locked down like that. But he don't get beat that crazy. He's pl- playing solid kind of wing defense enough to the point where it's it's a good supplement to what he does offensively because he's a creator and like like i said sometimes he just looks like just like the straight up chuckers at the park you know what i mean like he got that fake kobe game down pat Mm. but when he's on he's on just like in our last game damn near you know saved us um but yeah i want burks in that starting lineup i'm one with you on that but let's talk about iq because there was some people this is where you know obviously talk about possible lineup configurations but there was a lot of people willing to like kind of leave iq for dead especially on nick's twitter and now that boy woke up bro because really what it came down to is like yo you can't give up on the type of shooting talent he displayed and his shooting opens up the rest of his game especially as far as like him being a primary creator because a lot of these like you know takes into the rim that he's been doing lately and like kind of breaking down the defense it all comes off the fact that the defense has to respect his shot you know what i mean so he's his shot came back and it's looking beautiful again bro like i swear i used to pray for times like this that being back like four months ago when iq was thinking it up or no not even four weeks ago when iq couldn't shoot i was praying he would get a shot back and it happened you know what i mean Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um with all that being said how you feel about possibly inserting IQ into the starting lineup? Not in place of Kemba, but possibly in place of Fournier as well. What do you think? Mm, I personally might be willing to do IQ for Kemba rather than IQ for Fournier because I think just from the struggles of Julius Randle, and not really knowing what to do with with Fournier on the team. Obviously, Fournier right now is scared to pull the trigger when he has the ball in his hand. But an IQ is definitely the opposite of that. Um, I don't know if it'll make the team that 
Like, I don't know if it'll make Randall that much better. It might help the team overall. I just don't know if it'll make Randall better. And for the team to really go to go the distance, you need Randall to be better. I, I I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. I mean, wasn't the closing lineup last night IQ, RJ, Randall, and Burks and D. Rose? I mean, that was a decent lineup. Um, yeah. I think it's worth. it might be worth experimenting, but between, you know, IQ for Fournier, I'd rather do IQ for Kemba because right now Kemba, all he does is, you know, take the pull-up three, and that's it. You know, he, he takes the pick, pull-up three, take a couple of charges, shoot 22% from a three, and that's that's all he's doing right now. And mind you, he's had a couple of good quarters here and there in the last couple of games, but IQ's been outperforming him, and he's that, that kid's playing like a 10-year vet right now. So I, I, I think I'd rather do that, but I think I'd rather see Burks in starting lineup because I see him being more of a willing spot up shooter than IQ right now, and that's not that's no knock against IQ. Yeah, and like plus he gives you that size on the wing too because he's like what six five six six exactly like, right. That's a good. Point. Um, yeah, I mean it's just kind of like a just an interesting scenario to think through because with because it would kind of move if we think about putting IQ in the lineup in place of Kemba. That's super small on the bench, you know, D Rose and Kemba and Burks. I just feel like the IQ D Rose combo, like IQ D Rose and Obi, straight up the three most integral pieces of our bench like lineup that the reserves off the bench that cannot be questioned. And I love Taj too because anytime he's in there, you gotta get quality minutes, the quality minutes rather. Um, so that's why I want to kind of keep those those guys together. And I know there's a lot of kind of chatter just amongst fans just about like wanting to see the, like both I. IQ and Obi get more minutes especially but I think that'll come with time and I like the role they're in right now and I feel like this episode itself did serve a good purpose because I'm like it's like real life therapy because I'm just not like you know what still 15 games I'm gonna chill out I'm gonna cool out you know what I mean (laughs) I see you smiling now (laughs) you know what I mean like it's it's, a perspective you gotta let it all out I mean who knew like (laughs) it's like the Tony Soprano and Dr. Melfi shit that um you're Melfi in this situation. I hope you know that. But, um, All right, let, tell, tell me something. What's good with R.J. Barrett, though? Because he was yeah, averaging yeah. 20, what, 25 points per game for five straight games, and now every game he's he's just going with these shooting woes, 0 for 6 here and there, you know, shooting like 1 for 7. I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me, but that's that that's the impression that I have. He is not driving into the basket as much as he should be. Uh, he just, you know, he's trying to be a spot-up shooter, trying to do a couple of, you know, pull up threes here and there but he and he and Randall are not getting their free throws as much as they should be and at this point he's not a kid anymore I mean he is a kid but third year player in the he's NBA 21, bro like hold on now no no 21 yes yes but maybe about to be 22 I don't know but third year player obviously had a stretch of five excellent games I'm not worried about RJ long term but his play the last couple of games is also unacceptable so what are your quick thoughts on RJ I mean, that's a fact. That's a fact. It's hard to argue just with the fact that he's been playing mostly ass. He's had some good moments of late, especially the last two games, I want to say. Um, after, Especially after, like, super rough starts in the first half. He would, he had crucial moments against Indiana and crucial moments against Orlando despite the loss. Uh, actually, no. I might be re- misremembering. He, hit, he, hit, he hit the dagger. He hit the dagger against the Pacers. What about Magic, though? I'm tripping or, like... Was he complete garbage against the Magic too? He wasn't complete garbage. He had he had a spurt where he and Mitch were 
you know, keeping the Knicks up there. Right, right, right. There you go. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah, Mitch yeah. got injured. It's all coming then, back to me now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, with that all that being said, though, it's like when RJ, he's so streaky. That's the thing that, like, you also got to realize with young players in general. I'm not going to make excuses. He's playing bad. But context is not an excuse, and facts are not excuses either. Because I always recall just, like, this episode, I think, shout out to JB, Obviously, the Godfather Nick Swim School. He he once I've had an episode on the on their podcast over there, and he had said how like the average age of a young player or an average age of a first time All Star is like four point five years. You know what I mean? We're in year three of RJ, so to set All Star expectations for him now, when the average says he's got another like year and a half, you know what I mean? On average, to reach his All Star, you know, peak or the start of his all-star phase if that's the kind of potential you see for him i think it's kind of it, it, it's it's dumb i'm gonna just flat out just say it's dumb to like just like be cooking rj to the same level you should be cooking julius because julius is a guy that just got paid julius is the all-star all nba he's the vet you know what i mean he is in the midst of his prime rj stone's rookie contract so i just feel like there's got to be that proportionate amount of blame divvied out to the cast of characters that make up this year's Knicks, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think RJ will turn it around just because I'm not going to give up faith, faith in him. And because he's streaky in the way that, like, when he's off, he, that boy is off. Like, he's <laughs> fucking off, bro. He that His, his bricks could... That, his bricks are bad. But <laughs> when he's on, it looks nice. You know what I mean? So I think he'll... In two weeks' time, we'll be bigging For up sure. RJ again. I have, I feel it in my bones. I got faith in the right. kid. Right? Yeah, I, I, I never deviate from having faith in RJ Barrett. It just, it just sucks seeing him go. He went 0 for seven last night from the three. Man, I'm looking at it right now. It, it but he, he, he got 17 points, seven of 19. Um, but man, like after those five straight games where he's shooting six of eight, five of eight, and just dropping 25 points here, 27 there, 35 there, it's, it sucks that he's going. You know, going through his rough, but then again, it's, it's a whole team thing right now. So Tibbs has work cut out for him. Uh, he needs to figure out what the hell to do with this team. And I think once, um, yo, what? No, I'm just gonna chime in because I just realized like something bizarre that kind of like encapsulated how fucking annoying that Magic game was. Because you just brought up Tibbs and get those guys prepared. He got to get these boys to realize how big the fucking court oh, is, man. There's like at least three violations bro. where they, they just kept stepping out of bounds, bro. That happened like within oh like such a God. short span. I was like, and it's different players. I was like, yo, did they all just get fucking baked before the game? And just, ah, right, let's go hoop, guys. You know what I mean? I'm just like, this is not, this is, that wasn't a good <laughs> sign for what was going to happen that night, bro. Yeah. I, I was about to turn this shit around, talk about hope, and talk about, like, what's going to happen for the Knicks to turn around. You, oh, my gosh. I told you guys <laughs> about that. My fault, man. God damn. You talk about tips and preparation. I was like, hold up now. That, I had one big note in, in my their notepad. Home court, I was like, Yo, what the in hell their is home going on court, here? stepping out of bounds, just intentionally just giving them the ball with, like, a fucking ribbon on top. What the fuck? How many? I'm, I'm trying to find out how many yeah, turnovers they yeah. had last night. That was that was so stupid. Anyway, no, I, I didn't mean to derail this, but momentum. but but I mean shit, man. The Knicks killed their own momentum, saying. so we match in the energy. That's basically what it is. That's basically what it is. Um, so we got Houston Rockets up next. They are what, like one in ten, 14? 
some shit like that. One in ten. Yeah, but then did you see who they're playing afterwards? Um, we'll, we'll get to that. I just want to ask you, just real quick, do you even think we win this game against Houston, or do you think there's still a rock bottom for this team to reach in this early early portion of the season? <laughs> or do we show actually some pulse against literally the worst team in the league, the third best, the third worst team fucking beat us? I I want to say yes. We're not gonna you know give them their second win of the season. Um, so no, I don't think I don't think we're that bad. We're gonna when we're gonna lose to the absolute worst team in the NBA. But you know I'm gonna knock on wood for that one. Yeah, because we got I mean, that PTSD, bro. We 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 know exactly what can happen. I don't know. I'm worried. That's, you thinking that's a lot on this? Because <laughs> that, I, I, no, because it's just like it's a roller coaster of emotions just now. Because <laughs> yeah, I was, I was trying to call, you know, like I said, calm myself down. But now it's just like, yo, we really have not really seen the worst yet. When you think about it, you know, just, just, we'll see, we'll see. But um, on a more positive note, then how about this? Actually, it's probably not as positive as uh, as I'd like it to be. But let's go back to our pre uh, preseason predictions. It's still early, so I don't want to say like you know revisit those predictions in full. We can save that for like the half halfway point check in. But are you kind of doubting which the what you first kind of you know your first initial ex- expectations for this season? No. Are you kind of like rethinking all the assumptions no, you had? I mean, no, the Knicks the you Knicks are eight and seven right now, and I think preseason, I predicted they'd be around the 45-win range. And I think, you know, when it's 8-7, and seven, that should give them about 44 wins if they keep up at that rate. I, I think the next five or six okay. games are going to be brutal. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen it there. They play the Lakers, the Suns, the Hawks, and a couple more teams. It's going to be brutal stretch. And, you know, it sucks that they lost to Magic twice, the Pacers and the Cavs. And uh, they, they – they beat the Pelicans, never mind. Um, but they had a pretty easy stretch to start off the season. The, the next batch is going to be tough, so yeah. they got some soul-searching. But, yeah, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just about to say, I think I saw that um, one of those stat Twitter pages was just like, we had the fifth easiest schedule of the season so far. And we're at eight and, mm-hmm. was it seven? Mm-hmm. Eight and six? Whatever, mm-hmm. eight and seven, right? And half the fan base wants to kill themselves. The other half wants to kill Julius Randle. So this is where we are right now, um, and it's just kind of thinking about it. Like, I don't want to go super chicken little, but it'll get dark if they, they don't fix it. But I'll take a game at a time, and I'm also thinking just like I trust Tibbs as far as any Knicks coach in my lifetime, and I just feel like we play up to our competition. It's like a cliche, but we really do. We play down to our competition too, but like with the good teams. Like I know, like we got Chicago coming up again prime yeah. time, right? Like I know that's that's gonna be like probably like another like I wouldn't be surprised if that's like another dramatic tussle between those two teams, despite how bad we've looked. Because I also feel like that's that's D Rose and Tibbs and Taj wanting to get back at their old squad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I my like to my larger point, I just feel like we it, that schedule looks tough, but I feel like they've shown it in themselves to play up to their competition. But it. It starts with the head of the snake. That's Julius, man. He's 
you know, I'm not going to make excuses for him, but he's got to really fucking clean this shit up. Like, he's, it's really getting on my nerves, the fact that how enthusiastic we were about him re-upping, how, like, confident we were in defending him against the, the, the fluke allegations, you know what I mean, over the summer and through the other pundits and outsiders. And now for, for him to be just be out there playing like a dickhead, that's really <laughs> what it is. Like, he had one field goal attempt in the paint yep. in that game, bro. I can see Orlando Magic. Like, come on. Like, come on. Wendell, like, when, I, I, Wendell I put, Carter put ain't no joke. Words. Haven't you heard? Wendell well, Carter I mean, ain't no joke. Haven't you heard? He, he, got, he, got, he got Julius Shook. You seen the glasses he wore that game? Those were ridiculous. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> um, But, no, nah, yeah, that's, that's just, like, where I'm at right now. And... That whole stretch, if we do come out on top against some of these really good teams, because you kind of like not. I mean, you said the Lakers, right? Lakers ain't they're not looking good LeBron's right now. LeBron's gonna be LeBron's, back that game, I think. Ah, uh, yeah. Yo, the fact the fact that he it's still like yo, X Y Z team needs LeBron and LeBron's in year twenty. Good God, it says a lot. Not just about LeBron, but also just about AD and like Russell's terrible, bro. Have you seen? You mm-hmm. saw that clip where he's like fucking slapping the shit out the ball. <laughs> and uh, he, pl- he, yo, he's so washed now that he just looks like the worst dickhead of all time. Like his 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 worst miscues just look horrifically worse now without like that freak athleticism of young Russ, bro. I know you a stan. I know it kind of yeah, hurts. I mean, I don't know if I call myself a stan, <laughs> but no, I'm. You know, it is what it is. I'm happy for Melo though. Shout out to Melo number. Six, what was it, 68 of the top 75, something, something like that. But uh, oh, he's been yeah, having yeah. a killer season. Big so, car. you know, I between you and I, I, I hope the Lakers can win the title, if not the Knicks, because I'm trying to see Melo get that ring. But Steph Curry and uh, the Warriors, though, bro. I think I'm really buying into their narrative as far as, like. Nah, Steph is back, bro. Steph is a bad man. And I'm loving these rule changes. We haven't really touched on that. And I feel like it's we have enough of a sample size to talk about these rule changes to the league. I'm liking the direction we're back at, bro. And I feel like a lot of it has to do with not only like folks getting tired of free throws, but yo, the 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 chatter on NBA Twitter during like the FIBA games was all about how like yo, this is real basketball because like all those stars wasn't getting the mm-hmm. typical calls. You know what I mean? Adam Silver probably saw that. He's like, I had enough. You know what I mean? I can't have, like, the EuroLeague or these international squads make me look bad. And now it's better for the product, bro. It's separating the real hoopers from the fake, like, you know, con artists. And I was a fucking James Harden fan, but damn, bro. Like, (laughs) this is not looking good. Like, I I was a fan in terms of just, like, you know, he's obviously an elite passer, can score. And, yeah, he played cheap, but... It's a loophole we exposed until the league basically was like, now nah, we can't have this no more. But now, I know he's out of shape, but he ain't looking like the numbers suggest he was. You know what I mean? But now, nah, what's, your, what's your take on just like what, what you're seeing from the game right now in general? I mean, looks looks much cleaner. Obviously, there's that one rule that they need to uh, get rid of next season, the uh, the foul to stop the fast break. Other than that, I mean... You know, I like it. I I don't. The only thing I don't really like is referees not checking who has the ball under two minutes when there's when it's under two minutes left because that's that mm. that's really that's pretty pivotal. So I'm I'm surprised that they 
got rid of that rule. But I think, um, you know, obviously the the offensive move that three point shooters used to make to get that foul is, is you know not being applicable anymore is is valid as fuck. So I'm with it. Even though Julius got it yesterday, um, <laughs> uh, but like. They used to hand that shit out mm-hmm. so easy, though. You know what I mean? Like, it used to be so flagrantly frustrating. And, like, I guess the refs, especially with James Harden, I kind of buy into the angle that they're just doing this out of pettiness now. They're just... His highest scoring games this season have... I've only been, like, three of them where he scored, like, above 20, I think. And they've all been games where he had, like, 10 free throws. That says a lot. <laughs> but I just feel like, in general, I feel like his referees probably, in their training montages or in those training courses they had to take all throughout the summer... It was just all James Harden <laughs> clips. And then like, the fucking instructor is just like, all right, so you call this as a foul. Why? <laughs> That's James Harden hooking his hand. <laughs> Why did you call this? You know what I mean? Uh, all right. Um, I'll buy into that. <laughs> the next game the Knicks are playing are against the Lakers. Uh, Knicks got it in the bag, yes, no? Well, that's a very easy question. All right, let me, let me, let me ask you a harder question. The Knicks are playing the... Lake, I'll say in order. After the Rockets, they got the Lakers, the Suns, the Hawks, the Nets, the Bulls, and Nuggets. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven games. Um, and five of those teams are playoff you know, potential teams. Some might even win a title. Uh, the Suns have a 10-game winning streak. The Lakers are going to have LeBron back. I'm pretty sure the Hawks are 6-1. and one. The Bulls are the Bulls. They've been playing excellent. And um, the Nuggets are the Nuggets. So seven games. I gave you the list. What 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 record? Be given an honest prediction on who you think, or on who you think the Knicks can beat from the from this batch of teams. Seven games. So again, the Rockets, Lakers, Suns, Hawks, Nets, Bulls, and Nuggets. Five and two. Oh yeah. Who are the who are the two who are the yeah, two losses? Five and two. And the Bulls get okay. one back on us. What was the last two teams? You the said? last two are the the Nuggets Shit. and the Bulls. Oh, Nuggets, yeah. Jokic's gonna clown Mitch, bro. It's gonna get ugly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just my take on it. But I do think we win those other games. I do think that Tibbs. I trust Tibbs as a coach. It may seem like some Homer shit to say, but I think like he's gonna have these dudes uh, on track. Because he sees exactly what we're seeing. And it's not like we're in a situation where we're lacking talent. The answer that we're looking for is on the roster right now. It's just about finding the right pieces that match. You know what I mean? Because I feel like we got 10 solid players at, at, at a minimum. So it's finding the right combinations, you know? So whatever lineup tweaks that Tibbs goes with, I think we'll, we'll get back on track and... We're already seeing it with him being already willing to bench Fournier and Kemba in the fourth quarter. It's just like he did Carlos Boozer. I'm sorry for all these straight shots at Carlos <laughs> Boozer. It used to be funny as hell back in the day, bro. Because he would get benched for, you know who? A rookie or second-year Taj Gibson, ironically enough. <laughs> so, right. yeah, shout-out to Boozer. All right. <laughs> I'm I'd probably say... Have some, have some, have some I, I'd probably say bro. four and three. They probably win against the Rockets, Lakers. I I'd say the Nets and Bulls. Yeah, I just need to see like it, it's got to be on the defensive end as well. We gotta go back 100%. to our core principles, and 
the, if whatever we do see a lineup change anytime soon, I feel like Tibbs is going to go at it from a defensive angle above all, I think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So then, you know, just make it easier for the roles. Less cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. If you got, like, Fournier, Kemba, Julius out there trying to fight for touches, extract one of them from the equation due to Fournier because I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, I'd heard, you know, coming off the bench, but fuck his feelings mm-hmm. at this point. We try and win games. All right, that about wraps up this episode of Nickish. We appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show and subscribe to our podcast on all podcasting platforms. Uh, check out some upcoming uh, – follow our Instagram. We got we got some stuff coming up real, real soon that we're excited to share with you guys. Um, that should be coming out hopefully in the next couple of weeks, so just keep an eye out for it. In any case, again, we appreciate you guys checking out this episode. The Knicks play the Rockets on – when do they play them again? Saturday. Saturday. Okay. They play the they play the Rockets on Saturday. Um, should be you know knock on wood a good W for the Knicks. So until next time, take care, everyone. Peace. Peace.